Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Weird, it's all back, isn't it? It just felt like a couple of weeks ago. We just were looking down the barrel of the sitting around for a little while, and suddenly just should be good. All right, hello. So, what a rush! Yes, the floodgates of FPL were ceremoniously opened earlier on today as the game reopened with unlimited transfers. So bloody exciting! I'm joined today, of course, by Nick and Anthony as the WTA crew does its usual coming together and given the number of games coming up. I'm imagining we're going to be doing that quite a lot. Uh, Nick, first, you're right. Yep, um, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, everything's uh, fully official now. The game's back and live and we've got unlimited transfer to boot. So plenty of activity, plenty of talking points. Uh, we are Who Got The Assist. You can find us on Twitter at WGT underscore FPL for Tom, at WGT underscore Nick for myself. Um, and Stag can be found at FPL Stag. And we are also on Instagram, WGTA.FPL. So make sure to check it out and give us a follow there as well. So Stag, Anthony, how are you doing? And, and what's on the pod this week? Evening, gents. Good to be back again. Um, all is well here. Um, Ireland is into phase two of our now four-stage lockdown strategy. So uh, it was supposed to be five, but that was accelerated last week on account of political pressure or uh, success in fighting the virus. You can uh, delete whichever of those to suit your perspectives. But uh, the big news, of course, on the FPL front is, of course, the relaunch of the FPL game. So as we already knew, we are continuing the season that was. Sadly, there's no mini-tournament, um, but we do have unlimited transfers to wade into instead so it's a de facto extra wildcard effectively so that'll keep us in tinkertown for the next few weeks as we pour over the fixture list which has also been uh, set out in the last few days so this pod is not going to be a which player should i pick pod uh, we're going to hold off that until next week uh, when we have more information about team selection etc instead in i guess time-honored wgta tradition what we're going to do instead is dig into the detail on strategy Chips, no matter how many you have left, what should you do? We have double game week 30 straight away when the Premier League returns. So that is the big question for everybody. Bench boost, free hit, keep your wild card um, for longer, keep it for shorter. Lots of questions. Cool. And uh, oh, let's, let's get straight into it, I suppose. Of the three of us here, Anthony and I are both in the same boat, which is we've got free hit and uh, bench boost left. But I think we should start with Nick in terms of what you're thinking about and where you are, because obviously with the unlimited transfers, you've got one wild card, but you've got your other wild card in your pocket. What are you going to do up the back nine? Throughout this pod, we are going to talk about what we're going to do. All three of us try to make it as general as possible rather than being just about kind of uh, um, our strategies. Uh, so for me, the strategy, I guess, feels quite easy. Um, so... Obviously, with the unlimited transfers, I know I talked about it perhaps not being ideal for certain managers, but actually, like when reviewing it, it's, I've kind of come up with a strategy which seems pretty simple ultimately and um, very effective in terms of what I want to, to do. And I'll, I'll be using that unlimited transfer as well, Carl, to just load up on double gaming players. 
um, as many as possible ultimately and um, use the bench boost at the same time as well. So potentially you could have up to 12 double game week players. I don't know if the, the triple up on Aston Villa is really worth it, but maybe it, it might be worth a punt even with, you know, a few cheap assets like McGinn and um, being back and stuff like that. So uh, looking towards that sort of strategy of just bench boosting in in um, thirty plus, and then the following week using the wild cards that I've still got in storage, and and getting rid of all those Aston Villa dross players that I'm I'm not going to want to keep around. So I get one week of you know greedish with a double game week, and then I can get rid of them all um, instantaneously, and and bring in the players that I will want to cover and the teams I will want to cover. You know the, the likes of Manchester United. I'm probably not interested in particularly in holding any United players for that um, Spurs game. But after that, they basically got a run of just fantastic fixtures right until the end of the season. So in 31, I'll probably be looking at um, a triple up of, of Manchester United and covering up um, a few of those other teams, perhaps that I would have ignored in, in game week 30, for instance, Liverpool, I'm not necessarily going to be too interested in covering for game week 30 because they've got that sort of crunch game against Everton. But after that, they've got really nice run of fixtures as well. So that, that's my strategy, just to use the unlimited transfers and bench boost 15 players um, and then wildcard in 31. And then I've still got the free hits as well. But I'm probably going to save the free hit right until the end of the season, game week 38, uh, because all the games in that week are going to start at the same time. So it's not going to be any, oh, um, you know, there's, there's a game going to be in four days' time, so we're not going to know who's going to start, what's going to happen. Normally, like, now before the deadline, we've got quite a lot of information to play with. We might know, you know, which players from Liverpool or which players from Manchester City, the managers are going to be rest besting or whatever, or not playing in 38. So I'll, um, I'll be using that free hit that week to, to kind of um, use as much information to my advantage. Okay, no, that's interesting. I suppose like, there's a question from Danish Magpie on this. He said, you know, he's in the same position as you and he's deciding between two things. One, um, which Anthony and I, I, I guess, can talk about a little bit in a minute, uh, in terms of free hitting in 30 to create a strong double game week side. And then you've got kind of, you know, your Bruno Fernandes, your Salah, your TAA coming back the next week in 31. Um, or unlimited transfers to this great bench boost team, which we're doing. Like, have you considered free hitting and getting your guys back now, like back as they were like, are you worried about value for example like selling players and then having to pay more to buy them back um so not not really i haven't really considered the first option i think there's there's a few issues with it um for instance well the reason i want to bench boost in this next week is the, the fact that it's probably going to be the only double that we actually have to play with so it's a good chance to kind of increase my exposure as much as possible for those double gaming players and have as much um, and you know an extended team as possible um, and then the yeah the other issue I guess is just like you, you're losing that chance to use unlimited transfers by free hitting in that first week so I'd rather if I'm if we everyone has unlimited transfers and everyone gets their chance to use unlimited transfers I'd rather make as much use of it as myself as well to try and give me that additional advantage and then I've still got my free hit as well which I can use um, to affect in a later game week perhaps as you know as late as game week 38 but I've still got that that chip in my arsenal, so to speak. Yeah, no, I, I, know, I know where you're coming from, Nick. I think that, that certainly makes sense. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, just to kind of move on to where I am, I think I'm, I'm kind of jealous of the fact that you're able to take advantage of this unlimited transfers. Like, it's happened for the first time in ever, basically. I think it was, it was kind of an arcane period, 2011-12, maybe, when the game was broken and they gave a wild card in game yeah. week two. But this is like, this is basically unprecedented to use that word again. Um, and I'm 
doing something very stark, which is completely ignoring the ability to use it. Um, so the FPL crate digger asked me to free hit or not to free hit. And FPL Gabriel asked, you know, what's a, a good approach for those without a wild card? And my view, and I don't know if Anthony's actually going to be different. I've, I've actually not prepped with him beforehand, but I'm going to free hit this week. I know I said last week to answer Ketan Chopra's question that I wasn't too keen on chips, but I actually am a lot keener now to, to use a chip, which is going to be the free hit, um, and go into this game week with 9 on 10 players on a double and retain my game week 30 squad to come back in game week 31. This means I do forego the unlimited transfers, but I'm happy with that, you know? like I, I retain my team and the value and everything like that there. And funnily enough, in some ways, like I said last week that you know, the conservative choice, the cautious choice is the one to be to be favoured. And although it sounds a bit counterintuitive, using the free hit, I think actually is the conservative choice because I'm attacking the double game week in full consciousness that it's a weird week. I'll like have team news, hopefully, for the four teams that are going to populate the majority of my starting eleven. And I'll have my nice squad to come back once I get to game week 31 with all that value and all that investment I've got in it. Because it's quite a strong squad. It's got talisman, 90 minutes men. Um, but it does mean that I forego the unlimited transfer gifts, which feels a bit odd. But you know, with the free hit, it just it just feels like it's a nice way of kind of kicking any kind of big decisions down the road. Because I'm basically going to end up with like a lot of players that I don't want if I make those transfers, even if they are unlimited and they come about a hit. Um, and I don't have a wild card. So... I don't want to be landed with Villa you know, beyond Grealish. Um, I don't want to be landed with Sheffield United, who have done well, but they've got tough fixtures. I don't want to be landed too much City, because there's lots of rotation. And Arsenal, lots of inconsistent, kind of unknown sort of about them. Like, and I might well captain Sterling, for example, in my free hit. I mean, that's the epitome of the free hit to me. Like, am I interested in owning him? Probably not at the moment. But am I interested in taking a punt on someone like that, or you know, someone like Mares even, on a free hit? Yes, sir, I am. So... Yeah, that, that's where I am at the moment. Free hit um, for this next game. We can use BB at some point later on. But yeah, I'll kind of start to use free transfers and hits and things after this. So I'm I'm taking a different approach to both of you, obviously, and that I have different chips to you, Nick. But with Tom, even though we have the same situation, I think I'm, it's different in some ways as well. Same but different in that I'm probably less happy with my rank for sure um, for a start. So I feel like I need to zag against the community as they zig a little bit more. But I'm also just not as happy with my team as it stands right now. There's, there's quite a few imposters as far as I see it in there. And as well, I think I on a very kind of personal uh, outside of FPL level, I kind of feel like I want to, um, to use the great phrase, take back control of my team and edit it up oh. just so that, <laughs> sorry, just so that I kind of put my own stamp on it again and get going. So with that in mind, like I have issues anyway with attacking game week 30, given that I don't have a second wild card to play with after I've used these unlimited wild card or unlimited transfers that we have. So there the two main issues there. The lack of team news for ten of the twelve fixtures in that week. Um, because like it's a Wednesday night their two Wednesday night games are kicking it off. And then all the rest of them really kind of start as a standard weekend beyond that. So that's a huge amount of uncertainty in a normal game week. Not to mind when we're dealing with the teams coming back with the guts of 100 days since their last games were played. There's uncertainty about selection, about motivation, and I just feel like it would be good to see how things go over those first few weeks. Um, regarding the bench, boot, uh, the bench boost chip um, for this game week, double game week 30, like, we're not sure how the Premier League managers are going to use these five subs. Sure, we can get indications from Germany, but we don't know how they themselves will use it in England with English with 
English league players and the different intensity of the game that goes with it. Like, will they be rotating who is starting in be- and or benched, or will they just be more liberal with subs and kind of keep a more standard starting lineup and then just replenish the team as energy wanes or for tactical reasons? And as well, um, bench boosts are successful not just because you picked the right players or you had the right captain, but often because you had the right defenders in your team. And the importance of defensive defensive points is huge on a bench boost. And that's something we've seen that's taken time to be reliable in fantasy Bundesliga for a lot of teams. So with that in mind as well, it's just like doubling up, going on to this bench boost now, like you're just building if anything on the inherent risks that go with the bench boost that it's it's so often a disappointment for managers anyway like I, you rarely ever see you know some sort of bench boost that people are posting around saying wow it's really gone well for me whereas you'd see that with the triple captain chip a little bit more or your free hits where people smash it out of the park with the free hit okay i do agree tom that it's the conservative approach uh, in terms of like okay look get your team sorted for this double game week it looks like it's the only double game week fine great strikes me as a good kind of carpe diem idea to it too but like the issue then is that you're using all these unlimited transfers that we have right now to set up a team for game week 31 and into the future beyond that not even knowing who's in favor in these teams and then we're going back to the whole uncertainty about selection and motivation questions that we've all that i've already flagged in the first place so okay it's it, there's things that are good about this but then there are things that are bad about it and yeah i think you do raise some some interesting points there. i mean as you said it, it, you're, you're kind of speculating a little bit that there's going to be additional double game weeks and and, the, and even if there are um, I could potentially still have and use my free hit chip in that game week 38 and, and take advantage of it. So I could, if there are tons of doubles, then I can load up on those players for that double game week. So it's it's less of a concern for me, perhaps if there are additional doubles, that's what the free hit chip that's still um, in my arsenal can be used for. Um, so I think for me personally, I'm, I'm still in preference of using the bench boost. It seems like a really good opportunity to, to combine the two of unlimited transfers and bench boost in one week so you know this is my this is my chance and ultimately my opportunity to to load up on as many players as i can um, to take full, full advantage of that um, double game week and then i can actually scrap all the crap that i've just brought in all those aston villa players etc i don't need them for the rest of the season i don't care about them but you know they've got a game and they they will be quite motivated. You know, Sheffield United. He said they, if Sheffield United, if Aston Villa do well against Sheffield United, I lose all those Sheffield United clean sheets. Won't matter probably because my Aston Villa players will likely be in in, the, in returning some points there. So, either way, for me, it feels like a win win to to use the bench boost and and just feels like a really good opportunity as well. Okay, James Querald asked us a question. It was any advantage of saving the bench boost this week? And I'm going to say that one really good. Um, advantage to saving is that I think there's a good chance that we will have another du- another double game week, and I think it would probably be game week 38, given the way that the schedule is being is so chock already. You're not going to fit any extra fixtures in. Uh, why is that? Because the likelihood of a game being called off because of too many positive coronavirus cases on one side or two sides of of a fixture is extremely high. We've already seen so many players breaking quarantine, doing all sorts of random stuff um, at our friend Kyle Walker, etc. That I I just think that if you hold on to your bench boost, you could have a, a very nice bench boost right at the end there with 
all the information about how squads are playing, how they're set up, or you could use your free hit even then as well, but just to answer James' question with the bench boost, you could have a, a pretty good setup for yourself for a bench boost in uh, what I presume may become a double game week 38. And if you don't, like, look, you can just use it on one of the other game weeks as the season comes to a close. And you're just as likely, as far as I'm concerned, given the uncertainty of the bench boost, to succeed anyway. And, like, it's only an all right double game week in terms of fixtures. Like, okay, City and Sheffield United have decent fixtures, but, like, one is managed by the most unpredictable manager in the league. And the jury is back out when it comes to Sheffield United for me. A bit like you, Tom, and that, like, will they be motivated? What's going on with them? And so that's pretty much my overall feeling is that I'm just going to set my team up to just go through this double game week as it is and use my chips later I, I can't think of a situation in the past unless you've been wild carding on the final day that it's allowable the final game week is allowable and then you've wild carded again the first day of the second wild card so the only time I can think where you're ever going to have the opportunity to do a back-to-back wild card in that way, I just think it's such a very, very small percentage of people that have done wild card, wild card uh, in normal season that why not? And I think, you know, Stag and I used our wild cards and we did get some, make some hay from them. So it's not as if we've, uh, you know, it's not a case that people who've held their wild card are at an advantage. An advantage right now, but over the course of the season, I think it's evened out because we've, had our chance, you know, as it were, of the wild card. Obviously, we couldn't have, uh, we couldn't have guessed the global pandemic would kick off. But I still think it's, uh, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting time. I can see where the bench boost comes from. I'm just a little bit, I don't know. I, I think without without the wild card, do you you kind of think oh, I don't want to commit to these players, which is why the free hit opens up to me. Like, I mean, I, I see what you're saying about the, the lineups, for example, Anthony. But I mean, you only need what six out of twenty-four of the lineups to go your way. No, how many? How many do I need? The outcome of six matches need to go my way out of twenty-four. Everything like in just in those four teams, and the risk is hopefully a bit smaller because I already know before the first midweek fixtures whether I'm going to how well I'm going to do, and I've already had I've had one set of fixtures with the team. And if I pick players who do look like they are likely to start both games, you know, the likes of Grealish, the likes of Aubameyang, uh, the likes of uh, who knows about City, Christ knows, but you know, the, the likes of Sheffield, nice defenders, that sort of thing, Samata. Like these players, although they don't sound very inspiring, the more I say their names, <laughs> um, they are at least uh, you know going to give me that sort of cover and give me that decent sort of re-entry into the game um, whilst I wait to get some more certainty, which is when I want my proper team back. As it, so it, it does seem like the epitome of the sort of time user free hit. Yeah, I think exactly. So I think with the pot, the pot shot of um, not having all the information, at least for the games that are on Wednesday night, the Aston Villa, Sheffield United, Man City, Arsenal, we'd have, before the game week's over, before the game week starts, we'd have had those press conferences from Pet, from Arteta, from Chris Wilder um, and the other bloke, Dean Smith, that's it, I can't remember his name for a second. But um, you'd have had all, all the press conferences from those guys. Um, so, you know, there won't be any surprises in, in those first lineups really apart from obviously the the gamble that's always going to be a gamble of the Manchester City players where the risk um, lies is who who's going to be fit for Liverpool because we won't have heard from Klopp you know there's already I've seen Bender and he's already tweeted about um, the likes of Salah and uh, Robertson having um, injuries and sitting out the uh, you know the behind closed doors friendly so there's um, there's going to be risks there so I think it does kind of I think that does lend it a little bit to using stuff like the free hit or using the bench boost because those teams are going to be the teams that your players are going to be ultimately focused on uh, bringing in all those Sheffield United defenders most of them are going to play anyway they, they barely miss a single minute especially if you target some of the the 90 minute men in, in central defence there and you know like Dean Henderson 
as well. Um, so I think that kind of makes sense from my perspective, at least why I'm, I'm going for the, the strategy that I'm proposing. I wouldn't say that the free hit is as a cast iron kind of, you know, it was almost painted there, I think, especially there, Tom, as, as a kind of, it's it's definitely going to work out because you only need a few team sheets to go your way. Like, there's I never 16... say definitely, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Ca- there is, there is a likely with, with 17 caveats that it's likely to It could to occur well. <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, works out 50% of the time and 90% of the time. But, um, no, but there were 16 other sides that are playing that weekend that whose team press conferences you know nothing about. And so like, you're going to keep some of their players regardless. You're not going to allow yourself to be completely exposed to all the other games. Like, for example, Liverpool playing against Everton, who, I don't know, we've already talked about a team that we think are vulnerable, even if it's a Merseyside derby. I don't, I don't put much stock in that, especially with no fans in the stadium. So there, there are risks there. And then at the end of the day, is there a better time to use the free hit later in the season? I think there potentially is. Game week 33, they're particularly nice fixtures, I think. And also then there is the game week 38 thing that, we're, that we've already spoken about as well. The chance of a double game week or just, it's a good weekend anyway. There's always, or there tends to be an awful lot of goals in game week 38. It, often you see free hit strategies or triple captain strategies work out on game week 38. And I don't think this will be any different. I think it is just, a, it, also to look at the fixtures this week. I mean, Really, the only kind of exposure I've got. So I'll probably keep Trent just because like, everyone remembers Leicester. Never forget Leicester. Um, but I mean, other than that, the only fixture I'm really worried about is Wolves and West Ham. That's one of the. Yeah, but I'll have Aston Villa, you know? I'm, I'm all about the Villa. I'll have uh, Samata. It's, it's, the, and Chel- have it's the Chelsea side of that. Oh, yeah, but, but as, as FPL Stag said in last week's pod, we just don't know who's going to start from them. So why would I worry about them? <laughs> like, I, think, I think it does um, stem a little bit in terms of your, your current team. So yeah, if you're going to free yeah. hit, that means that you're pretty comfortable with your current team. And there's a few people out there that have been doing transfers week in, week out anyway, up until game week 38. So they're looking at pretty decent squads already. So don't need to necessarily use the unlimited transfer. So if you've got that case, and that might be the case with you, Tom, that you want a free hit, load up on your, your Sheffield United and Villa Dross, and then you go back and you've got your Manchester United players straight back in, the likes of Bernandez, probably not Rashford, but he'll come in and you've got your you know, some of the other teams as well, perhaps, that you would have got rid of if you were using unlimited transfers like Wolves, for instance, perhaps. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of people as well. That I see, I've seen a few kind of people saying, well, I've got lots of team value here, actually, uh, who do have wild card intact mm-hmm. and they're kind of taking the extreme in terms of what Anthony's saying and they're saying, well, I'm going to keep, keep my bench boost, keep my wild card in my pocket and then basically just use my free hit now, even though I've you know, I could bench boost and then wild card afterwards. Um, I mean, uh, for example, all about FPL asks, you know, what's the best strategy strategy for those of all their chips? And I think kind of depending it, what Nick said is true, it depends boringly on what your team looks like because there are a lot of people out there who probably have very high value on it, a lot of their players are reticent to sell. And I think there definitely would be, um, to answer what James Corral asked and uh, our Finnish friend FPL Flucky Plucker also asked this like, about keeping your keeping your bench boost and doing something else uh, and using your free hit. Like, I think there's, there's definitely a good case to do that. Like, It's not the case that if you have your wild card in your hand, you have to do that bench boost followed by the wild card the next week. There definitely is, for the reasons I've posited about playing cautiously and there being a low-risk kind of way of, of navigating things without kind of hurting your permanent team. Um, yeah, I, I think there is definitely um, a, a, a valid argument for everything isn't there, but there's definitely a valid way of doing that too. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think that if I had a wild card, I'd be attacking game week 30 just purely because, if anything, that's what the meta is going to do. So it'd be just a safer thing to do. But look, as, as, as somebody trailing as well, you could still kind of differentiate who you're picking up. I guess that would mean maybe Arsenal, it's basically going to be the question of how many Arsenal and who from Arsenal you pick up would probably be how you differentiate yourself, given the kind of randomness of the um, four teams involved. But in the situation that I'm currently in with no wild cards, Nah, then, then for the above mentioned reasons, I think I'm, I'm still sticking with no tip views. Fair enough. I just think free hit because you, you might as well just free hit then if you're going to attack the game week. It's like I can set up for a far longer period here. Like I don't have enough, let's say, United yeah. players in my team, and they have an absolutely ridiculously good run of fixtures. Wolves mm. as well, Watford, Norwich, Leicester, all good, uh, have good fixtures. Whereas I have a few from the kind of terrible fixture teams as well your Palaces, your Sheffield yeah. United, your Bournemouth, Brighton. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. But presumably, you're going to attack the, the game a little bit anyway if you're unlimited transfer. So, for instance, well, like I don't plan on playing a team. Arsenal still seems, yeah. Like I, like I, I, I hope to pick up points, all right. But you know, it's it's not going to be the same time. I'm just going to approach it like any other game week. Not, I guess, as a uh, not the, not necessarily the double game week that maybe other people might put it on the pedestal as. I just just try and deal with it and move forward because I just after a, se- a poor season I just need to differentiate and this seems like a pretty solid way to do so right, cool it certainly makes sense and the final question uh, well the final thing I've uh, the final thing we might want to cover is uh, what happens if you have no chips and there are probably a few people out there who have spaffed them all um, which I guess is kind of the extreme again of what you're doing in terms of maximising that UT to basically share itself up for the next few weeks United and Wolves players uh, I think Chris Smith asked us about mm-hmm. that that basically sounds about right, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely couldn't come up with any um, more alternative strategies. It's like, what are you going to yeah. do? Maybe, I don't know, captain madly to try and keep up with people if you really feel, feel that you're behind and you've spaffed your chips in a bid to try and catch up and you haven't caught up. Like, it's the captaincy is your friend at this point. Um, but <laughs> otherwise, yeah, uh, get out your rosary beads or whatever. If you've got no chips, I feel like the unlimited transfers is almost like a godsend to you because it just gives you you know, that extra chance to kind of, you know, wrap up the season as, as best you can. So it's an extra tool. Um, so use it as much as you can. I mean, you know, as you said, Manchester United target them for sure. Wolves, some great fixtures. I'd, I'd also say Arsenal would be really good to target on your unlimited transfers with the double and then Southampton Norwich after that. Some really nice fixtures for them. So just, just look at the fixtures and, and, you know, unfortunately, don't really have, we don't really have the form and sheets to work with. But, you know, just, just use the fixtures to your best of your ability. Yeah, certainly. So we about last week and we'll certainly get into that um, well, a, bit, a little bit later on and definitely in next mm-hmm. week's pod. Cool. All right. So let's just round off them. Uh, Nick is going to bench boost uh, straight away. Um, after using his unlimited transfers. I am going to sack off unlimited transfers altogether, look at that gift horse right in the mouth and give it a slap and use free hit instead. And Anthony is uh, sitting in the corner going, no, 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 I'm just going to use my unlimited transfers and cautiously... Yeah, possibly that. just doing an ostrich impression and just sticking my head in the sand and hoping for the best. I, I will admit that. Upsetting Nigel Pearson <laughs> as you do it. Right, excellent. Well, uh all right, let's take a break there and move on to the questions after this. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? 
Hello, so we're back and it's uh, time to go into the Q&A. Before we do that, we can talk about the FCA nomination just very quickly. It's still open. Um, it's suffice to say, when we said a lot last week on it, it's nice to add a bonus for all the work we do. It's not the be-all and end-all, uh, but nonetheless, if you do want to go ahead and vote for us, um, please go on to footballcontentawards.com, one word, forward slash 2020 dash voting. Find us in the best in fantasy football uh, category in the podcast, and or you can uh, vote on Twitter. Um, you write, I am voting for at WGTA underscore FPL in at the underscore FCAs for hashtag best in fantasy football podcast. And that is all I'm going to say on that matter this week. Move on to the questions then. And the first one is quite a biggie, actually. Um, it's, it's a very interesting one. And we'll definitely do a bit more about this next week, or at least we'll, we'll use this as a springboard to next week's uh, kind of thing. But worth including here too. So FPL Awesomeo um, completely spontaneously asked, um, as someone who likes to make decisions based on the data, is it a waste of time uh, to look at the last kind of few game weeks to try to make decisions this time? Um, is it the start of the new season, basically? And Adam Pritchard asks if we are flipping off uh, XG lovers for the rest of the season. What do we think? Is it all about? Do the stats even matter anymore? Um, is it useful to consider them, or are they, as I saw someone call it on FPL Twitter this week, worthless now? Yeah, fed up of statistics, fed up of experts that just don't matter anymore. It's just about what we feel. I think at this point, like as I think Chris kind of got across it, really, it's just the fact that like it's it is like the start of a new season. And if we were to, if you just told me about game weeks thirty six to thirty eight the previous season in August I'd be kind of looking at you of course that's not relevant like where was the team at what was their motivations like there were Champions League games around the time that the season was curtailed so teams were rotating and doing all there was all sorts of random things that were going on which means that the data is always always going to be skewed and we always need much greater week you know, percentage of data than let's say two weeks or three game weeks. Um, so with that in mind, like, look, okay, of course it's indicative and it's helpful to know who was good. Like, you know, Tom Tribble isn't suddenly going to be like Norwich's best player, but at the same time, hey? <laughs> tribal <laughs> effort cow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that man um, isn't going to suddenly be Norwich's best player. But like at the same time, there's no point like digging into Pookie's XG data to move on to Adam Pritchard's thing. Like, okay, we're not we're going to flip off the XG lovers from you know earlier in the season, but we're going to start embracing them again. They are my people anyway. I I'm a big fan of XG, and so even after a week or two, I'm going to be looking at just where players were getting you know the positions players were getting into touches in the box and xg they're all going to be an important part of who i'm selecting so that's my yeah makes sense so transition from flip off to toss off uh nick what do you reckon uh, I think a lot of what we do during the usual pod season, um, which is looking at you know the previous five five game weeks, isn't necessarily going to have that that same value that it would do. However, I do still think that the data that we have accrued over the course of the season is still valid, and there's no harm at all in in referencing it. And I think it's obviously you can you can go back to saying form is temporary, but class is permanent, as, as you kind of indicated with your Tom Tribble example. But like a, you know a player like Trent Alexander-Arnold, for instance, he's touted at the beginning of the season. Um, and we talked about him as being a really good asset for this season. And how, how did we back that up? We backed it up with the data from the previous season. And, and that's still valid. And we can back up the fact that Trent is still going to be a fantastic pick for FPL um, at his current price based on what he's done over the course of this season. 75 chances created, for instance, which led to 12 assists. And, you know, that's the same for the other creative defenders as well. We're still going to be talking about them and still going to say they're 
brilliant picks in FPL. Luca Dean or or um, Andrew Robertson. Ultimately, they're the top three creators in force. So defence this season, they're the same three creators in force from the previous season as well. So you know, using the stats in the previous season, calling out those players as good FPL picks is still valid and. And it was valid at the beginning of the season and it's still valid now. Um, and also, actually, I would say, you know, the whole sort of, oh, it's, an, it's like a new season. It's not quite like a new season. And a good example of this is, is Chelsea. So, for instance, um, last summer, Chelsea, beginning this year, completely new team, completely different team to what they were last season. You couldn't really talk about Chelsea's data because they were, you know, a one-man band in Eden Hazard and they didn't really have any other players or FPL assets that were worth considering this season. They had new men come in. They had the likes of Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, emerge um you know shine a shine a new light in fpl uh, brilliant bargain picks as well in fpls um no price changes um no new players it's the same personnel so the likes of mason mount the 6.1 million still someone worth calling out and he's in, and the stats are good for him over the course of this season he's fifth uh, for uh, midfielders for goal attempts with 68 um, and he's uh, scored six goals as well so still um, is a good example of a good value pick that I'd like to call out and say, yeah, the stats back it up over the course of what he's delivered over this season. Whilst, you know, beginning of this season, we didn't really have anything to say about Chelsea or, or any knowledge because of the fact they changed so much. But it's, it's the same personnel that Lampard has to work with. Werner's not necessarily joining until uh, the 1st of July, maybe. Uh, 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 yeah, same, same guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... I broadly am going to agree with you, Nick, incredibly. Um, I still think, you know, using evidence to make your points is is very useful. Um, I mean, even if it is the case that we've now got a sharp and focus on fixtures in the context and the, on the, in the context of new conditions that may remove some sense of, you know, how valid the stats are, like using them as evidence to back up your point is still incredibly relevant um i mean it, we're still gonna be using them so even if you know if, if it's fixtures that we are all over because form doesn't exist anymore we're still using league points we're still using team data to underpin why we should be looking at certain players or looking at certain teams and why that will work i mean i mean we did say last week that perhaps the removal of home advantage may remove some sense of unpredictability perhaps we, we just don't know but using the bundesliga Maybe that's not true because you've got all those away wins suddenly happening. Um, either way, we're still going to, we, or I, or hopefully we, are still using evidence rather than um, feeling-based stuff for the majority of the time. So I just don't trust it. I just don't trust like someone's viewpoint based on some sort of perception. I'd like to have like an evidence fabric on which to build what you've got to say. And I mean, I think it's definitely true as well that things may have changed um, over the course of the 100 days or whatever it is we've had off. There's a good article in the Athletic, for example, recently about how a lot of coaches have been coaching differently or using the time to kind of look for, look for new methods or uh, look at uh, developing their tactics, things like that. So I think there will be a bit more spice um, and there will be some stuff which are interesting. At the start of each season, as Nick said, we do base what we think based on the season. We do base what we think on the data from the previous season. I think that's unavoidable and there are obvious caveats come of it to use my catchphrase. Um, but it's not like, like that data is cold. So you are kind of kind of saying, okay, that's not really live anymore, but what may happen, what may happen is hopefully vaguely predictable based on what's happened in, in, in the past. Hmm. I mean, this season it's, it's not kind of, it's not finished. The, the, the form date is probably gone, but you can still draw, I guess, generalities from it. Um, but, at the start of every season, I think we normally wait until game week five, don't we, Nick? Until we start really dealt, using data to back points up. And I think that's, that's fine. 
I think maybe because we've got kind of a set of, should we call it semi-live data that's still there from when we stopped. So I think probably we can start using it a little bit more. And next week we'll, we'll definitely use that data to be suggesting players and positions, that's for sure. Um, yeah, of course I was being uh, obviously flippant oh, yeah, with yeah. like cast aside all data. Flippant about um, flipping. Flippant about flipping, exactly, yeah. Um, flip squared. No, I was definitely being flippant just to kind of, you know, almost stimulate debate there. But like we're not going to be saying he got three shots in the box in the like game week, before, you know, a hundred days ago. That's not the sort of detail we're going to be going into. But of course, the kind of the greater general idea of what players do and who gets in good positions for teams won't radically change. But mm. I think what you've got at there, Tom, with that athletic article reference you just made and I think that's something that maybe we should focus on but perhaps we won't get quite get around to in next week's pod is that teams that have good managers are certainly going to benefit much more from this second preseason than teams that don't if you've got these are going to be completely different conditions so if you and they're also going to be incredibly challenging from the point of view of fitness fatigue rotation etc and so if you've got a manager who kind of understands that it's going to make a huge difference over the course of these next few weeks like I'm 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 almost disappointed that we don't have Sam Allardyce as a control sample for the next 10 weeks or nine weeks just to see what it would have been like to have a manager like him who takes a, a certain approach to things versus your Peps, your Klops, your Chris Wilders, for example, who are very, very thoughtful about things. I think Ralph Hassenhuttle is actually somebody who would be really interesting to watch as well. It's, it's kind of a pity that Southampton aren't in danger, actually, because I'd have, I'd have liked to see how they'd have um, pulled away from the others with, I think, a better manager than maybe the rest of them, except for Graham Potter. He's fantastic. Yeah, Pulis on the back nine, imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, there you go. Uh, very uh, typically WGTA stance on stats there. I apologise if I was too serious for many. All right, next question. Twice or thrice. Uh, John, John O'Forward, uh, hi John O, asks if we're going to be doubling or tripling on any team's assets in the upcoming period. Um, no, I think you probably have uh, heard or uh, grabbed off from our intimations earlier on that that's probably going to be the case especially for double game weekers uh, but let's see uh, outside of those kind of obvious dgw picks um what sorts of teams wolves united what do you guys think so Wolves and Man United are definitely from a fixtures point of view across the whole rest of the season the standout picks and even from the first four or five let's actually uh, Watford or somebody who maybe it's worth considering Leicester likewise have good early fixtures in the run but maybe from a kind of more just zoomed out perspective and focusing at the top six especially because realistically you're not going to triple up on Norwich players even if their fixtures are okay or Watford players because it's Watford so Liverpool I think are someone who I'm not going to be not doubling or tripling up on put it that way um like they don't want a shred of doubt to be hanging over their achievement in winning this title and Klopp is already kind of they don't have a Champions League to play for as well and he's very much hanging his coat up on the idea that he wants them to win the next nine games and you might say of course the manager wants to win nine games but they don't always say that so um I think there's definitely that's where the um motivation is at Liverpool I think Manchester United are well set all of a sudden they were um Obviously, they didn't have Pog, but Bruno Fernandes and Paul Pogba have never been on the pitch together, which is absolutely insane. And I think with champ- chasing Champions League football at full strength and with very, very good fixtures, as I said, they're definitely worth looking at. And Nick's men Spurs, they had been completely decimated before the um, lockdown came into effect and the Premier League uh, disappeared off our screens for a while. And Jose Mourinho was talking about how he was looking forward to July and he was if he had a chance, he would have cancelled the season, to be honest, at that stage. Whereas I think the, the 
the mutterings and the hints that you've been getting out of London from Mourinho's camp, um, especially if you've been watching him in the park training um, with the lads, uh, the one day they were out, is that he's really putting the effort in to try and turn this outside chance of getting Champions League football kind of into something more than that. And I think it's a really big chance for Mourinho to prove himself to that squad, but also prove himself to the world all over again because the doubts are definitely seeping in. So those, those are three. And it's obviously big three teams, but still three. Yeah, I, I don't have um, anything especially detailed to add to to what you've raised there. Obviously, I think you know you've got the double game week, and I've made my thoughts known already in terms of the teams that I'm going to be targeting for that. So, you know, looking forward to after that when I'm going to be wild carding, and it looks like I've basically got a a day, just a, just less than a day to kind of get the whole thing uh, together. Which is the gap between the two two game weeks, um, I think it's between the third Wednesday, the Thursday, whatever it is. Um, so I think definitely Manchester United, as, as you mentioned, they've just got um, that game week thirty one to, to thirty eight. Less Leicester's the only team in the current top four. They don't play any of the big top six, so they triple up on Manchester United. And as you said, they they look a bit more refreshed with a full playing squad. Um, definitely seems to be on. You said Wolves as well. They're another team that I'll certainly be looking at targeting. Like so, him and there's um, probably critical, maybe like a defender, even you know, you know Willy Bolly or, or Doherty. Um, so you know those. Wolves and United probably the big teams. Other teams is Liverpool, probably Leicester, um, Manchester City after game week thirty three. So they've got Chelsea and Liverpool in thirty one, thirty two. Not really interested in them for those two game weeks. Been thirty three at Southampton, Newcastle, Brighton, Bournemouth, Watford, Norwich. You know, it's a really nice run of fixtures. Only problem with Manchester City is they have such a such a strong playing squad that you just don't know who's going to start week in week out. It might. They don't even have a 90-minute man in, in central defence that you can truly rely on unless Laporte's fully fit and back. So that's, that's the concern there. And it, you also know that Peps can have one eye on those Champions League matches, which is going to be his priority once the season's um, over. And, you know, even like Lee Wasane is going to be back. So it's even more rotation for Manchester City. That's my concern there. But they are some really nice fixtures as well. Oh, they certainly are. Um, I just wonder whether it's basically a case of spreading the risk or going all in, I think, with this. Um, I just, I just think I err on the side of spreading the risk and having that sort of mix of talisman and ninety-minute men from across teams for you know, all sorts of reasons because it insulates you from having that sort of uh, well the uncertainty that could plague one team or for, for obvious reasons over the course of a week you could find that some players just drop out or there's a little niggling injury or something like that or a whole like, fixture gets cancelled. Yeah a whole fixture goes down for obvious reasons and then suddenly you're a bit screwed. So maybe spreading the risk might be a good idea um, alongside that kind of 90-minute man thing I spoke about. I think I'll be joining uh, you, uh, Anthony, as I've mentioned on the last previous pod, um, that I'll probably be tripling on United, Maguire, Bruno Fernandes, who I just presume is going to play every game, those two, and probably Rashford, as long as he's fit um, on game week 30, then I'll probably bring him, bring him in for Aubameyang in 31. Probably going to double on Wolves, I've got that double and probably going to keep it if I can fit in your man Matt Doherty and I will um, but that might all be it actually because um, as Nick's mentioned you know, Man City Rotationville I think over the next few weeks they're going to be trying to gain fitness but I mean the, the playing squad's so strong isn't it you've got no idea um, Liverpool are a big question mark for me um, I'm probably going to keep TAA and VVD just so I can keep using their acronyms instead of saying their real names um, but I'm Salah I just don't know about Salah. I think it's going to be, we might end up giving him even more time on one of our podcasts, maybe next week, because 
I'm just not sure whether long term I'll keep him. Maybe it'll be fun to sell him and use that money to you know, bring him the likes of Son and bring in all these sorts of players and really spread and have quite a strong sort of team net rather than having one guy who's really expensive and the rest of them sort of uh, uh, being second and third fiddles to him. So yeah, in, in summary, maybe triple United, double Wolves, maybe a double Liverpool defence um, and that might be it and it might just be a spread after that. Hmm. Yeah, interesting, huh? Next question. Sean McCall asks, what's better, sex or being able to transfer out James Madison? Where does transferring out Iosi Perez sit on this spectrum? Because that must be an <laughs> out of this world. Because I cannot wait to get rid of him. <laughs> cannot wait. But don't forget that Perez always has a, a big end to the season. Oh, He's no. Not again. Perez, game week 30. Three to thirty-eight, and, and then uh, Olivier Giroud as well. Season, so maybe maybe he'll be uh, he'll be in Richardson mode. Yeah, um, Perez territory. Yeah, I think, I, think Mad- I, I like Madison. I, I and I basically owned him um, through that horrendous fallow patch where he um, couldn't get any returns for a toffee. But um, he was actually quite unlucky, to be honest. For to be to be serious for a second, I mean the amount of VAR assists and goals he got chalked off. It was just enough to joke, and and to bring it back to stats as well, you know, he's, he's underlying. He's not got the returns, the assists, but his underlying stats have been brilliant over the course of the season. And, you know, seconds for um, chances created behind KDB for midfielders, sixty-two. Um, KDB said seventy-four, and then I think last season as well, he was top for for chances created as well. So you know, I don't think Madison's a problem <laughs> really, uh, but you know, by all means, get rid. There's other there's better options out there. Only in WGTA you can go from sex to stats. Right? And mention them both in the same sentence. Uh, yeah, ladies. And we we often GTA. combine the two when we talk about Kyle Walker. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, me. One in the box for him, that's for sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> next, uh, we'll probably speak about these uh, actually a bit next week, but let's uh, give some outline answers first. Um, so Spurs on fire, FPL Grump. He actually asked this last week, and I'll get to it this week. Asked about Spurs, you know, Son and Kane, desperate for lost time. What do you think about them? And FPL King as well. He mentioned Kane and said, you know, what about those forgotten men? You know, the likes of Kane, Pookie, Rashford. We mentioned Pookie and also mentioned Rashford on this pod. What do you think about these guys kind of returning to prominence, returning from their crockery? So, so I think Kane is, is is a really premium asset, and um, the, the reliable source, um, Paul Robinson, was uh, talking about him a little bit on, on Sky Sports News, and you know, I did think he actually made some very valid points about just like Kane and his fitness. He's going from nothing to playing twice a week. He's been very injury prone. Like, how is he going to be managing to play all of these games in such a tight schedule? He, he's not. He's not going to be fit enough to to do it and he, he's going to struggle and I think at the price that he comes in at FBL he, he's, he's a very sort of premium luxury asset to try and fit into your team um, Rashford is different though um, I just it's, it's hard to say because he's also coming back from injury but I just feel like they, they seem to be on very different career trajectories um, different, the, team, the teams as well and I just feel like they're on different trajectories at the moment and um, Rash was also actually a lot cheaper at FBL, which makes him a much more um, preferred asset in my eyes. 
Um, I guess I've already spoken about Spurs in general being a team that I'm interested in. I think especially as somebody that's playing a wee bit of catch-up, the Spurs players certainly have to be on my radar. And that includes Kane. I think maybe the the contra to the Paul Robinson argument that you kind of presented there, Nick, is the idea that Kane hasn't actually been had this sort of rest to recuperate from injuries accrued over multiple years at this point, um, since uh, basically since he kind of broke through. And so perhaps for him, this might be exactly what he needed. This could have been a godsend for him. So we shall see from that point of view. Um, look, there, Paddy, in short, are there forgotten men like Kane, Pookie, Rashford, Tribble that we should be thinking of? Yeah, well, yeah, there, there definitely are. Um, plenty of them. <laughs> and I think that especially if you're trying to play catch-up, no more than ever, breaking away from the standard meta team is going to give you an advantage. And Kane, I think, in particular, kind of presents that being a non-double game week premium player in game week 30 and I mean like look Spurs have a decent enough fixture in 31 coming straight afterwards and that they're playing at home to West Ham but then they've Sheffield United away and things it's not the primary fixture that all those wildcatters are going to be aiming for and so I think from that perspective you might actually be safe in having him as a differential for a few weeks because he's just so hard to get into your team if you've decided not to have him financially unless you're moving an Aguero type for him yeah certainly um I think the fact is that we've definitely got a little period of time where you can experiment almost with these sorts of individuals. And um, just because I don't think in the course of a normal season, you may be able to jump back onto one of these players, but now we have the opportunity that we can do that. Um, and just to read out some of the TSB data, uh, that's the ownership data, um, Rashford 8.8%, Pookie 12.8%, Som 44 Kane 8.6, and I've also got uh, Doherty, because I mentioned a minute, a minute ago, Doherty, because I mentioned a minute ago, I, thought, I, can't, I can't say it, but you know, like, Doc a second ago, because he's 8.7. Um, I, I just, apart from maybe Doc, the number of active teams who will own those players has got to be so, so low. Like, if you are looking for uber differentials and players, I mean, no, maybe not Pookie, because he obviously did fall off the cliff a little bit. But Rashford, Son and Kane, maybe not Kane's or a bit of a donkey recently. Son and, Son and Rashford are uh, uh, proven FPL assets who are uh, explosive, have got everything kind of going for them. Um, Rashford especially has got the fixtures. I think that, you know, answer to Paddy's question, yes, definitely should be thinking about them. I'm not going to trust Kane. I just think he's turned into a bit of, uh, and there's a good article again on the Athletic about him, but I feel like he's kind of turned into a bit of a Wayne Rooney, like trying to be too involved and that really diminishes what he can do mm-hmm. um, as a goal scorer. I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Miss Robertson's right and he is now going to become how he was. I just, just from playing with him on FIFA for a little while, he's just too slow. Um, uh, and I really fancy Son coming back at 4.4%. I feel like the narrative that Kane has turned into a bit of a donkey is, is a little bit unfair. He's, he's been quite injury prone. Actually, like surprisingly, this season, he's actually banged in 11 goals somehow. I don't know. don't remember a single one of them, but he's managed it. And he, <laughs> and he, did, um, he did have two goals in, in, the last, in his last three games as well before his yeah. injury. So we know he can score and we know he can, can deliver. Is that like Mason Greenwood scoring 13? Yeah, but it, and we don't, don't know where, don't know where he scored then. But he scored them that he, he hasn't scored them all in the league, obviously. Yeah, but, I was just thinking, yeah. I was like, those could score five, five goals he scored in the league, Mason Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm being, being a, little, a little bit jocular of calling Kane a donkey. I apologize to Harry and his family if they're offended. Anyway, moving on to the next question. The final question this week Top six tips, so FPL tips, a new addition to the Fantasy Football Hub family, asks for predictions for the top six this year. 
controversially, I think Liverpool will win the league. City in second, that's uh, Manchester City. Uh, the other city, Leicester City in third. Manchester United in fourth because they have the better fixtures than Chelsea who will fall to fifth. And I think that Wolves will complete the top six. I literally, I literally had exactly the same as you. So, um, <laughs> so it's basically the same top six. I just, I'm just not sure about United. And, um, not United. I'm not sure about Spurs and Arsenal if they're going to be able to deliver this year. I think Wolves might hold on to that sixth. And I think Manchester United are going to nick a top four slot as well. We don't. None of us see Sheffield United putting putting in a push for Champions League football. No, no. I mean, the fixtures are just too tough for them, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, they they've done very very well to get where they are, but they do have United, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, and Leicester in their remaining fixtures. Um, that's that's a pretty tall order for them, especially as maybe. Um, with them coming back, I think before they were in quite a good rhythm, weren't they? And you know, Anthony spoke about this a lot on the pod last week in terms of how defences are, are very, very well drilled and stuff. If if they've lost that that kind of honed sense of where they should be, um, they might not have. But if they do, um, I think it's going to be quite a tall order, especially with those really tough fixtures to come. Without that, that really passionate home crowd as well, perhaps. Um, probably broadly agree with you guys. Just on the basis of fixtures alone, I couldn't. I would be surprised to see United make a real push, maybe towards Leicester even, because Leicester have got some tough fixtures coming. Although, you know, that's where the likes of Vardy, for example, do well. Um, Wolves, because again, they've got a good fixture run. I wouldn't be surprised to see them pushing for the top four or top five. Um, and uh, I, I don't trust us either. <laughs> uh, neither of the North London clubs to really do anything. I mean, if Arsenal win... Um, against Man City, which is of course highly unlikely, um, but being sit with after the game in hand's done, if Sheffield United win the um, uh, the game in hand, they'll be uh, actually up to fifth. So, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be very fine margins. I just think on the base of fixtures alone, the top three will probably stay as they are unless you see a serious drop off in Leicester, which I don't, I just don't anticipate happening. Um, Chelsea, Man United, and Wolves kind of battle it out for that kind of fourth, fifth, and sixth slot, and I think that will basically be it. Um, I, I, unless kind of Arteta can push something together or uh, Mourinho can create a siege mentality strong enough to overcome um, where Spurs are I, I don't know I, I just, just don't think it's going to change too much from how it is at the moment but it'll be, it'll be more exciting if that does happen so I'm, I'm really hoping it does but I, I just can't see it changing as much as you guys have said cool all right. Well, that's a lot for this week. Uh, again, glad to be back. And just uh, one reminder again that if you've liked what you've listened to um, and uh, you are interested in voting for us for the FCAs, not the Frangie Commerce Authority, not the Financial Conduct Authority, but the Football Content Awards, find that www.footballcontentawards.com uh, or one word, forward slash 2020 slash, uh, hyphen voting. Um, and you can say that on Twitter as well. Yeah, just to say who we were. We were, of course, who got the assist. Uh, we will be back next week to give a proper player rundown, position by position, uh, to figure out who should actually be in your teams. Yeah, and it looks like um, we're going to be aiming to do two pods a week once the season starts fully as well. Probably most likely going to be Mondays and Thursdays to try and match the, the game weeks where we can. So plenty of... Uh, podding uh, to come your way uh, in the coming weeks as we reach this uh, season conclusion yep in the meantime hope to assist you look at your chip strategy and we'll be back next Monday to look at the players and go straight into the weeds of that bye Slan. oh it's a goal who got the assist who got the assist sports 
Social Podcast Network.